0: Most of you were here, and we got to celebrate Mother's Day and have a little Mother's Day breakfast, which was a lot of fun. We got to celebrate the mothers in that way, and then we had Jenny Massaro speak to us, which was a huge blessing. Um, I enjoy listening to her, and I know many of you have heard her speak before and enjoy that too. Uh, but it's been a long time, and it was such a blessing her coming and speaking about the widow of Zarephath and how. Um, she had nothing, but then when she heard the voice of the Lord through Elijah, she was willing to you know, give all that she had to what God was doing. And through that, she was blessed. And her, her and her son were, were safe and fed, and it was, it was wonderful. And I believe that's something we should be you know, looking for every day. Just like Elijah came into into the widow and, and her son's life, the Holy Spirit is always speaking to us, right, is always, is always asking us to, to give, to do, and we just need to be willing, just like she was, with that open hand, right, as, as Jenny said, be, have that open hand with our lives and with everything that we have. Um, yeah, so it was, it was a great blessing listening to her, and then so to today we're going to continue our series on being positive, and I have another one of these videos for you. Your friend is looking fat, cause he sits at home all day with his cat. You could try giving him a yoga mat, but he might not like that. But stay positive. When the girl at work is feeling sad, she's way behind and the boss is mad. Give her a hand that she has not had and let her know it's not so bad. Stay positive. <laughs> Amen. Stay positive. So, we're continuing talking about staying positive. Before before I get into that, um, I have a couple of questions and interesting thoughts I wanted to ask you guys real quick. Um, Did Eve ever have a date with Adam? No, just an apple. Oh, that was bad. Where has Solomon, where was Solomon's temple located? Anybody know where it was? (laughs) <laughs> it said, "There you go. You got it. You're catching on." Where was the first tennis match mentioned in the Bible? This is a harder one. When Joseph served in Pharaoh's court, hmm. Whew, these are real bad. I looked up like best Bible dad jokes, and here they are. So, okay, last one. Last one. Why didn't Noah go fishing? Because he only had two worms. Anyway. All right. right. Those were like really funny, right? Amen. So sometimes it's good to laugh and sometimes it's good to be like, wow, that wasn't funny at all. So there you go. So staying positive. I just thought they were super silly, so I was going to share them even though they're not really funny. That's okay though. Um, So sometimes it's hard to stay positive. And so today we're going to be talking about staying positive at work. And if you're retired, we'll get there too. Um, So, but I know a lot of us are at places of employment, and we we have bosses and, um, you know, people that are over us, or if you are your own boss, I mean, the government likes to be the boss of everybody, so you kind of still have somebody over you, right? But, so today we're going to talk about that, and I know two weeks ago I shared um, a little story about one of my day's... At work, and one of the bosses that I had who was not very nice. And, and I could share a lot of other stories from that job and some, from some other jobs where, where work life wasn't the best, um, bosses weren't the best. But I'm sure we can all share stories like that till we're blue in the face about this person or that person. But that's not the point, right? The point is not to complain about either jobs you've had, or jobs you're currently having, or bosses you're at, or bosses you have. But the idea is that we're trying to stay positive, right? So that's what we're going to be looking at today. And so we want to look at what the Bible says about being positive at work. Because the Bible talks a lot about work and um, what we are called to do. So if you turn with me to Genesis 2, verse 8. So here in Genesis, we find that we all know Genesis 1, right? God had created the world, and then, um, so Jesus or, uh, God had finished creating everything, and then in verse 8, God says, now, uh, the Bible says, now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east, in Eden, and there he put the man he formed. All right, so before I go any further, so God had spent six days and then, the seventh day, he rested, okay, he spent six full days creating the whole universe, right, so that's real big, that's like a lot of work, I mean, has anybody done that much work in six days? No, me neither, and I'm glad of that because I'm not like God at all, but the Holy Spirit works on us, right, but so, so he spent the, he spent the days making the world, he made the universe, he made the stars, he made the plants, he made, he made Adam, he made all these things, and then God took time to plant a garden. And that's what's interesting because we we talk a lot about the Garden of Eden and stuff like that, but it wasn't just like the earth was the Garden of Eden. No, the earth was the earth, and God took time to plant a garden. So he was intentional in making something. He, after he rested, he worked again on making a garden. So I wanted to point that out real quick. And then jump down to verse 15. <clears throat> It says, The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it, there it is, and to care for it. And the Lord God commanded the man, You are free to eat from any tree of the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of the good and evil, for when you eat of it, you will surely die. The Lord God said, It is not good for a man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the beasts of the field and the birds of the air. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever, he, whatever the man called each animal, each living creature, that was its name. So the man gave names to all the livestock and to the birds of the air and to the beasts of the field. Amen. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you that we get to learn and grow uh, in knowing who you are and who we are through you, Lord God. Father God, we ask that you bless your word as, as we learn and listen to it today. Father God, bless us as we focus on you in our attitude and in our desire to honor you in all that we do, Lord God. At our work and wherever we are, Father God so that we can bring glory to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So God created the universe and created all things, took time to plant a garden suitable for Adam to live in. And then he took Adam and he stuck him in the garden and he said, work. There you go. That's work right there. So uh, a lot of us, you know, we, we struggle with this idea of working, but Working is definitely in the Bible. And then we find that Adam wasn't the only one told to work, okay? So Eve was also created to work because we find that God took Adam, placed him in the garden, right, and said, take care of it, work it. And then he also gave Adam the job of naming all the animals. So so Adam didn't just have one job to, to tend the garden, but he also had the job of naming the animals. And then God said, man is it is not good for man to be alone i will make a helper suitable and where do we find the idea of helper from working right someone is helping you work so the so the man and the woman were both created to work created to do things a little bit different right man was created for one one kind of job woman was created for another kind of job and I know in, in today's culture, it is not like, well, women aren't allowed to do this, women, men are not allowed to do that, but there's it's a little bit different. It's not like we're segregated. Men and women can do the same jobs, essentially, but, you know, the, the same jobs. But at the same time, women are created differently than men. Can we all agree with that? So God created men and women both to work, but... At the core of their design, they were created to do different things. And that's important because a lot of us, well not a lot of us, but a lot of people in today's culture are confusing the idea of, of men and women and, and, and the roles and the jobs, but it is from the beginning that men and women were created to do different things. And they were created differently to be suitable helpers for each other, right? Suitable helper to, uh, to be in communion with each other. Amen. So that wasn't part of my notes at all, so I think that was just amen. The Holy Spirit speaking. Amen. Uh, Yeah, so back to my notes. Um, Amen. Work is a gift from God. And we find that in Genesis, that that God created all things, and he planted a garden, and he stuck Adam there, and he created uh, Eve to be the helper. So God created men and women to work. So work is a gift from God. Whether your work is fun or not, it is a gift from God. And so we find it says there that man, man was to work the ground, woman was to work with the man, right? Um, and so that's important that we understand that they're different but suitable together. Um, And so, this is Genesis 2, and we find in Genesis 3, the following chapter is when sin enters. And so, a lot of us, maybe you're retired and you're like, doesn't really apply to me, but I'm sure at one point you had a job that was not the easiest, maybe people you worked with which was not the easiest people to work with, and that isn't because God created it to be difficult, but because of sin that entered, there was a curse put on the ground, right? The sweat of your back, Right? And so I understand, even if you're not working the field, jobs and people we work with are consumed and kind of there's a sin over everything and t- uh, taints everything that we do and everything that we're, all the people that we come in contact with. So that's why a lot of times when we work with people, it's like really difficult because sin has distorted what God created to be good. Right. God, God created the world and he created work to be a gift from him. But it's not always the easiest. And we find that um, even when it's not the easiest, Matthew kind of helps us understand why it is still a gift from God. God gives all things and that includes work. So Matthew five sixteen helps us understand this idea and it says in the same way let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to the father who is in heaven and so this verse <clears throat> is not necessarily talking about your like job your your like place of employment as we would consider it but this verse is saying you know whenever you look up the word work in the, in the bible dictionaries and things like that verses like this come up and obviously this is talking about your 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 work for the kingdom right Your the the way you're sharing God's love and God's light to the people around you but that's what we're called to do at a place of employment right so whenever you're at a place where your your boss is not the easiest to work with the people that come in your in your job are not the easiest to work with the 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 paperwork the the, whatever it might be, the things you're building is not the easiest to work with. When we are staying positive because we understand the peace and the hope and the love and the light of Christ inside of us, we can shine his light and bring glory to the Father through our work, through our job, through what we're doing. Because around us, people might be stressed out. People might be freaking out. People might be crying, just like in the video, right? Um, the, the second half, the first one's just kind of silly. I don't know. Um, but the second half, right, there's, there's a girl at work who's crying because she's behind and the boss is mad and all these kind of things. It's in those situations that if we are staying above the storm, right, because, because the Holy Spirit has given us peace that passes all understanding and, and, a, and a hope, right, that, okay, it might be really bad right now, but we know that God has our back, right? When we're able to stay above it and not, not get bogged down by what the boss is saying or what, what the people are saying that are coming in or whatever the case may be, we are being a light shining in that place. And I, found, I find that even if you're retired, you still go places, right? You still interact with people. Um, It may be more of of hobbies or volunteer type things, but sometimes those aren't the easiest either, right? Because you're still working with people, right? There's still probably going to be people around. There still might be things that are not going your way. If you're working on something and you need parts for something and it's not working, it's breaking, maybe somebody's helping you, maybe somebody's trying to get something with you, right? But if you get frustrated and you're like, oh, this stupid thing, you start throwing things, then you're still freaking out, even if it's not a boss who's paying you money, but it's someone who is around that you can be shining the light to. Because the, our goal and our, our hope is that our lives, in whatever we do, right, whatever we work at, is going to bring glory to the Father in heaven. So His light will shine through you for His glory for the Father in heaven. So staying positive at work gives glory to the Father in heaven. And this becomes our witness, right? This, this helps us to, to be that witness and be that light, just like, just like in Matthew, it says, let your light shine before men. And I know, you know, there's, especially at work, I feel like a lot of times, um, depending on what kind of job you're in, the, the, the last job I had, it was like, I don't know, um, a competitive sport to see who had the, the craziest stories or, or the, 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 the terriblest day, if you can say terriblest. Um, you know, it was like, oh, listen to me. Uh, yesterday this happened, and so-and-so said this to me. And the idea of gossiping and complaining was like a spectator sport, right? Everybody, like, got in there and was like, oh, I got a better story than that, right? But that is not letting your light shine, right? That is falling into the same, you know... Um, complaints and the same grumbling and stuff like that 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 we find that non believers have, right? But if we really have the Holy Spirit who's who's leading and guiding us into all truth and to and to peace and love and joy, you know, somebody might be start start complaining, start gossiping, start whatever at work, even if it's not like the boss is yelling at you. You know, those things too. They come into our lives and and people around us start to have those problems, right? Ha- have those situations and it's easy to get carried up, carried away and like, oh yeah. Man, that sounds terrible. Let me tell you how bad mine is. Even if you weren't upset about it before, you got to get upset about it cuz it makes a better story, right? Like, oh, you know what? Oh, it was so bad. You know, my, you know, so and so said this to me. All right. Like even if you weren't upset about it before, the Holy Spirit is, the, is our leader and our, our guide, and he's the one who, when, when all that stuff starts happening, we say, you know what, you know, I believe everything's okay because, you know, God will take care of it. You know, that, that does, you know, if somebody starts saying stuff like that, it would be like, you know what, that, that does sound like it was a rough day, but, you know, hey, you mind if I pray with you? That way you don't have another rough day like that? What do you think people will say if you say something like that when people start gossiping about, you know, a rough day, or a person. I don't know. Interesting thought. But you might be thinking, you know, pastor, I see what you're saying and I I agree with you, but honestly, some of the people I work with or my boss or some of my coworkers or some of the people at the such and such club, they're, you just don't know, you just don't understand. They're out of their mind, they're whatever, and I just can't handle it. Right, I mean, if it's a club, I guess you could join a different one if you're retired and you're like, I go to this golfing <coughs> club, the golfing club. No, I don't think that's what's called golf course. I don't, I don't golf very much. Can you tell? <laughs> um, but yeah, that's not the point. The point isn't them. The point is you. Is the Holy Spirit bigger than them? Is God bigger than the situation? Is God bigger than what's happening? What, what they've said, what they've did? If they've, you know, you you gave them a bill, and they're like, I'm not paying that, and you're just struggling because you're like, you know, I did this work for them or I did whatever, and they're just not paying me or they're not following through on their contract or they're not doing the work or whatever the case may be. The point isn't them. The point is us, right? Because the Holy Spirit is in us. The Holy Spirit gives us the peace, right? The shoes of peace, right? We talk about the armor of God, and I love that the shoes of our peace, it's so important that we understand that the shoes are peace because that means wherever you go, that's where you are, right? So even if it's like, ow, I stepped on a nail, shoes of peace, right? It's your feet that are fitted, and it's your feet wherever you're going, wherever, whatever you're doing, that's where your peace comes from, from the bottom of your feet and then goes up you, right? Because if you have bad shoes, it's going it's to hurt your feet, and then hurt your leg, then hurt your hip, then your back, then your neck, right? just because your shoes are messed up. But if your shoes and your feet are fitted with peace that only comes from the Holy Spirit, then you don't have to fall into, you know, oh, they're so bad, oh, it's so bad. Because it's not about them, it's about you. Be above the storm. And I have a verse that I'm pretty sure everyone in this room knows. Philippians 4.13, okay? And so if you know it, say it with me, right? I can do all things through him who strengthens me. You guys all know that verse? Let's try it again. Ready? One, two, three. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Other translations says Christ who strengthens me. We all know that means Christ, right? Because it's Christ who strengthens us. It's him who strengthens us. Not the people around us, not the situations. Because situations can be good or bad, right? Jesus was asleep on the boat in the middle of a storm. Everybody else is freaking out. They're like, oh no, we're going to die. Why is Jesus sleeping? I don't understand. You know, and it wasn't like, you know, a cruise ship now where he had his own cabin. He was like laying on the, laying on the bottom. He was probably getting wet. I mean, like, even thinking about it like that, like, I don't know why he was sleeping. But he was so at peace. He was so at peace. You know, and those guys, that was their job, right? Fishing, being on a boat. But Jesus was just like, you know what? Everything's fine. Because I know it's God the Father who strengthens him, who gives him the peace, who gives him the joy. The Holy Spirit was moving inside of him in a great way. And the Holy Spirit moves inside of us just like that too. We can have that peace. And we can have that, that, that strength to, to have peace in any situation. And then, when the people around us, they're like, you know what? Oh, the boss is so mad, just like the girl in the video. And she's, she, you know, people around you are crying. They're, they're upset. They're like, I can't take it anymore. You can say to that storm, be gone, just like Jesus did. The storms in people's lives, those things that are, that are consuming people, just like Jesus did. I believe you could say, be gone to real storms outside, too, um, just like at Easter Fest. Everybody, everybody knows it was supposed to rain 100%, right? 100% rain, and it was sunny and warm. Amen. Because we all prayed, right? So we all have power like that because the Holy Spirit endows us with power and grace. So it's in those times when, when if, we're, if we're willing to have peace and obey him and have our attitudes not follow the crowd, follow the curse that happened in chapter 3 of Genesis but a joy in working, a joy in being there, a joy in, in whatever you're doing. Then that brings me to my second point, which is work is a gift to God. So the first point was a work, work is a gift from God, right? He created us to to do something, to, to create, to work, and, and to do something. And then we can in turn use that work as a gift back to him. Because all that we have, everything that we are, everything that we do, is a gift from him, but he, he wants us to have that open hand, right? Just like yes, uh, not yesterday, last week's message, right? Jenny talked about, you know, the the, the widow had a tiny bit, tiny bit. She was going to have her last meal and die. She was willing to have that open hand, so that, that work can be a gift back to God. Whatever it might be, whether it's a it's a it's a job or whether it's a activity that you're doing, that you're retired. And we find in Colossians 3, 17, it says, And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to the God, the Father, through him. Giving thanks, whatever you do. And then if you jump down to 23 and 24, it says, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. As working for the Lord, not for men. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. Amen. And that is not the easiest thing, right? Corinthians is like, hey, whatever you do in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. It is the Lord Christ you are serving, and I know a lot of times if we're if we're at a if we're at a job site and um, we're we're there because we, we make money, right? You you make money when you go to work, but but it's not that we're there trying to bring bring glory to the person above us or to the place of business. If it's your if it's your job, like like your company, you're not trying to bring glory and praise to the company or to the boss but it's to God. If we take every situation, whatever we're working at, or whatever we're saying, because it says word or deed, if we do it with all of our heart to bring glory to God, then we will have a reward, an inheritance. He's talking about an inheritance in heaven. And when we do that, we're serving God, not because he gives us the most money but because we understand that he is the one who gifted us with the ability to work and with the job that we have or the or the thing that we're doing he's the one that gifted us gifted it to us so we want to be good stewards and give it back to him because we want to serve him in all that we do and when we look at the idea that work is a gift from God and not you know the curse, or however you might look at it, it's easier to stay positive. It's easier to have that attitude of of, of of joy and peace because, you know, this might not be the best place, but we can understand that God has gifted it to us for this season. And sometimes it's a season, right? And some of you are in a season of retirement, and that's exciting too. But it's easy to fall into the trap when we, when we don't well, we don't see our work and our job as a gift it's easy to fall into the trap of of complaining or or wishing we were like the golden child right a lot a lot of places of employment have that that one person right the boss the boss looks at them and they're just like you're the best one here even though they haven't done anything all day and you're like what what but you know why are they what you know they everybody know him Know who I'm talking about? There's, there's, the, there's always that person that the boss just likes better than you. I don't know why, but it's probably true. The golden child or whatever you want to call them. But it's easy to look at that person and say, man, I wish I wish I got paid as much as them or man, I wish everything worked out for me like them or man, I wish so and so liked me as much as they like them. But you're falling into that complaining, that that, that place of of uh, sadness that, that is not a joy. You're not you're not full of peace because okay. The Bible says um, that we're supposed to have joy when when others are are honored, right? So if so if somebody's honored at work, don't be jealous and don't wish you were like them. Or if somebody gets a you know whatever it might be, I don't know new part for the car that you're working on or new golf clubs and you're like jealous of that. You're like, man, how come I can't get that? You know, or so-and-so, whatever. Don't fall into that trap. I have a story that kind of illustrates this a little bit. In Matthew 20, verse 1. One of the parables of Jesus that's um, interesting. So it says... For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire men to work in his vineyard. He agreed to pay them a denarius for the day and sent them into the vineyard. About three hour, about the third hour, he went out and saw others standing at the marketplace doing nothing. He told them, do you, do, uh, excuse me, you also go And work in my vineyard, and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. He went out again about the sixth hour and the ninth hour and did the same thing. About the eleventh hour, he went out and found still others. He asked them, Why have you been standing here all day long doing nothing? Because no one has hired us, they answered. He said to them, you also go and work in my vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to the foreman, call the workers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last ones hired and going to the first. The workers who were hired about the eleventh hour came and each received a denarius. So when those who, had, uh, who were hired first, they expected to receive more, but each one of them also received a denarius. When they received it, they began to grumble against the landowner. <clears throat> These men who were hired last worked only one hour, they said. And you made them equal to us, who have borne the burden of the work in the heat of the day. But he answered them, answered one of them, Friend, I am, am I being unfair to you? Didn't you agree to work for a denarius? Take your pay and go. I want—I want to give the man who was hired last the same as I gave you. Don't I have a right to do with my money? uh, Do what I want with my money? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first, and the first will be last. Okay. So if you know this story, you know the story is about salvation, right? So it's not actually about working, but essentially the principle here is the same, right? Uh, the principle here is, is understanding that God is generous, right? And that salvation comes whether you were saved a long time ago or whether you get saved right before you pass away, right? But the principle here is that the landowner is our true boss, right? God is our true Overseer, our true boss, right? And we we work for His glory. And when we look at when we look at our our earthly work, and sometimes we we say, "Oh man, I wish it were, I was like them, or I wish I was like them." We fall into the temptation and the lie that these men also fell into when they when they look, "Hey, that guy only worked like an hour, but he got the what? That's not, that's unfair." We we fall into this idea that life is not fair, but God is generous. And when we look to him and we, whatever we do or say, we do it for his glory and so that our light shines before men so that we can bring glory to the Father, we don't fall into this complaining and grumbling. We say, oh, okay, you know what, God is greater, God is bigger, God is fair, God is generous and he will take care of me in my season, in my time. So instead of blaming God because life is hard or blaming God or or complaining that so-and-so has, a better, has it better off than you in, in, your, in your work life or in your, your hobbies or wherever you are, don't, don't fall into the temptation like these men did, right? He said, you, you agreed to getting a denarius. Why are you complaining now, right? So, I mean, essentially, we agreed to take a job, right? And, I mean, I'm being real practical, right? Like, if you take a job and you're like, I hate this job, and you did agree to it at some point. And maybe, maybe it's a, maybe it's a workplace that you're not supposed to stay at forever and you're supposed to be there for a little while and God has something different for you soon. Or maybe he wants you to be there for a long time and he wants you to, hey, get over it. Right? (laughs) (laughs) Because sometimes, sometimes God's like, you know what? You just need to work on it. Like I will help you, but you just need to work on it because I have not created you to grumble and complain. I've created you to be at a place to be the light for those people or be the light for that place, be the light for that situation. But if you're grumbling and complaining, you're not going to be the light. You're just going to fall into the, into the waves, right? You know, you're going to be a part of the problem. So whenever we work for his glory, not to compete with others, not out of jealousy for others, right? Just like the, just like those men in the end of that parable, when, when we do it without doing those things, we bring glory to God because we understand that God is faithful. He's, he's faithful in his time. And, and so we know from Colossians, he's talking about inheritance in heaven when, when we're willing to work for his kingdom, for his glory, so that the glory goes all to God in whatever we're do, whatever we do or whatever we say. All right, so you might be You might be at a place, you might be blessed to be at a place you don't necessarily like for a long time. But there is an inheritance, even if it's heaven, that's your inheritance, or if it's another job or it's a raise or whatever it might be here on earth also, God is faithful to bless you. God is faithful to be there. But we need to be faithful to say, okay, you know what? Our situation is not the best, but I trust you. I trust you. And I honor you because I know that what I do and what I say is bringing glory to the Father in heaven and, you know, is, is possibly changing lives, is possibly changing hearts with the people around you. This brings me to my last point. And so I've, I've kind of mentioned people who are retired and um, I know saying that work is a gift from God, we shouldn't look at our jobs and our work as simply a a thing that we have to do until we can retire. But the last thing is, work is not your life, right? So you might be at a place that you're struggling with. You might be at a place that um, you're you're not happy, but it's not your life. And we find that God created work. He He gifted us with the ability to work, and He gifted us with with jobs and things to do. And then we're supposed to gift it back to him by being good stewards of what he has given us, by being um, people who serve and love the people around us. But he created us for more than just work. And so if we flip back to Genesis 2 again, verse 1, it says, Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all its vast array just say amen right there real quick. Amen. Vast array. The heavens and the earth, they're, they're just amazing. I just love them. I love looking at stars. But anyway, verse 2. By the seventh day, God had finished the, the work he had been doing. So the seventh day, he rested from all his work. And then verse 3 says, "And the And God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because... On it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. So we find that God rested, right? And a lot of us know that, right? You know, the old stories about the seven days. And on the seventh day he rested. And so we find that um, we're supposed to rest on the seventh day. And this is a little bit hard for a lot of New Testament believers because of the idea that um, the what's what was what's known as the sabbath day right the sabbath rest day is an old testament law right we find it in in exodus 20 where it says remember the sabbath day and keep it holy six days you shall labor and do all your work but on the seventh day is the sabbath day to the lord your god um on it you shall not work neither you nor your son nor your daughter nor your male or female servants nor your animals nor your foreigners residing in your town for in six days the lord made the earth and the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that's in them and then on and then rested on the seventh day therefore the lord blessed the sabbath day and made it holy okay so that's part of the old testament law right it's part of the 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 mosaic law right so a lot of new testament believers struggle with this because they're like, well, you know, we're not under the law anymore. And that's true, you know, because Jesus has come and he has come to fulfill the law and to free us from a lot of the stuff in Leviticus and things like that. But the essence of the law is still practical because it teaches us about who God is and what he wants us to do. Now, you know, I know a lot of us have beards in here, but some of us don't and one of the laws is don't trim your beard in Exodus, or in Leviticus. You know, so, you know, but like, things like that, when you look at it, exactly what it says, it's it's hard to understand, but the essence of the the Sabbath day is still there. And whether you want to debate on if it should be Sunday or it should be Saturday, I don't think it matters too much. Technically, it would have been Saturday is, is the day that the Jew, the Jewish people followed, but we usually think of Sunday here in America. But that doesn't matter as much. It's more about God understands that we need to rest. And this, again, is before the curse of sin. Okay, so, so this is, again, Genesis 2. So Genesis 3 is where, where sin comes in and makes work hard. But God rested, and he said, I will bless that day so that you can have rest. You need rest. You are people, and I understand you're supposed to have rest. And so his desire is, is for us to work and work for his glory, but his desire is also for us to rest and have, have fellowship and have um, a time with family and friends. Because when we do that, it helps us understand that we're not supposed to live for work, right? People talk about al- uh, not alcoholics. workaholics, excuse me. People talk about workaholics. And those are people who who forsake their family forsake everything else for jobs and that's not what God wants us to do yes he wants you to work hard he wants you to 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 be there and be the be the light and bring glory to your place of business but he also wants you to be rested because if you're not if you're not you don't have that time to reflect and rest and and be um you know look to him for your strength then yeah we can it's a lot easier to fall into that complaining, fall into that grumbling, fall into that stuff, because we don't have that time of rest and reflection, right? So he he wants he wants you to have joy in in um, rest. So whether it's one day or two days, or you're retired and you're in a season of rest, that's good. God, that's what that's what God wants you to be. No rest. <laughs> But he wants you to rest he he, he wants you to he wants you to have that 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 um you know release of of the stress and the pressure because because that's what we're called to do and then jesus said um, that the sabbath was made for men not men not man for the sabbath and so he was he was talking to the the jewish leaders at the time this is mark 2 27 so so they were, they were looking at the Sabbath as this rule, as this, you're not allowed to carry this, you're not allowed to walk this far, you're not allowed to do this. But no, Jesus was saying, listen, you have messed it up. It's about people taking time aside and resting. It's about people taking time aside and, and instead of going out into the field like they would do, stay home, be with your family. You know, have that time of, of rest and reflection that, that is, helps you bear the difficulties that you might be facing at work or whatever it may be. That rest is helpful for us and God knows that it's useful for us. So I find that that work is a gift from God and our work is a gift back to God. Then he gifts us with rest from our work. So it's important that we understand that, that it's, that, 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 we're, that he, has, he has gifted us with the ability and, and a place to work, right? And then through that, through that place, through, through our attitude, through our hard work, we gift it back to God and we say, God, I honor you with this, even if it may be hard. And then through that, he says, okay, don't go there seven days a week. Don't spend your 100% of your life doing it Take time to say, you know, thank you, God, for what you've given me. I've worked hard. Now I'm going to come and be with my p- family. Now that I'm going to come and be with people I love, my friends, whoever, I'm going to do something that revives me because that also brings honor to God. When we, when we look at those times of, of unity within our families and with our, within our uh, friends and stuff like that, because that also brings glory to God, because it's also something that we do for his honor, right? It's, so we don't want to look at it as, I have to work super hard 100% of my life, because if I don't, you know, work till I, I can't move anymore, then I'm not working hard enough, because he does want us to rest at times, and that helps us bear, you know, whether you like where you're at or you don't like where you're at, it helps us bear that, so that we can have the peace and joy because we know that, that God has set aside time for us to commune with him and relax and refresh and honor him with that also. Amen. So before I, before I pray, I have, um, <clears throat> I've printed out little little cards and so they have the verse Colossians 3 23, and it says, Whatever you do, work heartily as to the Lord, not for men. And so there's different ones. And so after I pray, you can come pick them. There are some that are, I mean, I was thinking there's some that are more manly and some that are more for the ladies. But so if you come take one, put it somewhere and put it on a mirror, put it on, put it in your car, put it in your wallet. Some of them are small enough for a wallet. That way, if you're out and about and you're thinking, oh man, Today was a rough day. It was a busy day. It was a tiring day. You can think about that. Whatever you do, work at it, it unto the Lord, not for men. Because, you know, whether, whether people are breathing down your neck or, or they just won't do what you need them to do because if they would just follow your instructions, then everything would be fine. But they're not, you know. Don't do your work. Don't, don't do your job or your, your activities for men. Do it for God. Don't do it for yourself either, because you're also a man or a woman, but do it for God because he's the one that we we honor and serve in all that we do. Amen. So I'm going to pray and then everybody can take one and yeah, put it somewhere that you'll remember so that we can can all grow in this um, joy of the Lord and peace in our situations together. All right. Lord Jesus, we thank you. We thank you so much, Lord God, that you give us, <clears throat> you give us peace, and patience, and kindness, and goodness, and faithfulness, and gentleness, and self control, Lord God. And in the workplace or in, uh, in our activities, if we're if if we're tired, Lord God, we thank you so much, Lord God, that you're in it, Lord Jesus, that we that we become little. That's what Christians mean, Lord God. Little Christ, who who shine your light and serve you in all that we do, Lord God. Because whether we get glory or honor here on earth doesn't matter. Because all glory and honor goes straight to you, Father God. And we thank you so much that, that you have gifted us with the ability and the opportunities to do things, to work, Lord God. And we ask that you help us to honor you and give it back to you, Father God. And in those times of rest, Father God. Make them productive, Father God. I I ask that you you pour out a spirit of unity in families, Lord God, unity in in, in friends, Father God, so that in those times of rest, you really give people an opportunity to really rest and reflect and and to be built up in the 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 most holy faith because then we can go back into that atmosphere of, of of work, that atmosphere that might be difficult, Father God. And so, Father God, I ask that you cast out any, any, any spirits of uh, disloyalty, Lord God, Spirit, spirits that, that, that bind and, and make things difficult, Lord God, the spirits of stress, spirits of anxiety that might be consuming people, even in those times of rest or even in that retirement, Father God, because you are the peace, you are the joy, you are the, the light and the love. That is what the world needs, and the world sees it through us, Father God. So give us that ability. We thank you and praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.